0: Hi everyone, welcome to Olivia Dream Podcast. I'm your host Lena. In this episode, I talk to Julia Dalton Brush, the founder of the Brush Beauty Makeup and Hair Artistry. Since she was a little kid, Julia has always loved makeup, but she ended up working in a completely different industry in construction, but she never forgot about the passion she had for makeup. Julia enrolled herself in a three-month beauty school and then immediately started her company and grew it into a successful business. She now works with major television and film studios and many famous brands such as NBC, MTV, People Magazine, and Tiffany & Co., What I thought was really interesting about her career path was that when she started her company, she had absolutely no experience in the industry other than her three months in beauty school, but that didn't stop her from starting and eventually growing it into a very successful business. Julia shares how she turned her childhood passion into a successful company, even though she was completely new to the industry when she started, and how the passing of her mother impacted how she approaches her work and life. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Okay, Julia, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to learn about you and to share your stories with our listeners. I would like to first start with your childhood. Where were you born and where did you grow up? Okay, well, first, thank you for having me.
1: I love being here. I grew up in Manhattan and in the Bronx, so between the two, um, on the Upper West Side, in the mostly in the 80s, when it wasn't what it is today, right. but it's a whole other world up there now. Wow, yeah. that's true. Yeah. yeah, it's completely different. <laughs>
0: So what were your parents like?
1: What did you like to do as a child? Well, my, my parents split when I was very young. They I split see. when I was three. Um, and so I spent the majority of time with my mother. And she was amazing. She was the best. Um, you know, we didn't have a lot, but you never knew it. And
0: right.
1: we, uh, we'd we go to the park and play all the time and play a ball and hang out. Um, and my dad was, and she was at that point... I believe worked in publishing and later on for the health department. Um, and my dad was a teacher, um, in East Harlem and he was awesome. So yeah, it was, uh, it was, you know, parents breaking up and fighting a lot, but yeah. beside that they were fantastic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I see. How did you first develop an idea of what you wanted to do with your life? How did you become an in the beauty industry? Um, I think I
1: always loved makeup and the beauty industry. I was always sort of fascinated by it. Um, I had two very separate sides of my family. I see. We had my mother's side who was very like soap and water. Um, if my mom happened to put lipstick on, I knew like something big was happening. So she didn't wear much makeup? No, not at I all. See. That was not, that was not her thing. Um, and then I had my dad's side of the family, which was kind of the polar opposite. You know, they all wore makeup. They all, um wouldn't really go out of the house without it, things like that. So yeah, I, I remember as a kid, just my um, paternal grandmother going to her house and she'd always have the Clinique, uh, goodie, like the reward bags or whatever it was. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) And I would absolutely steal it every time. And it became a thing where she obviously knew I was doing it as sneaky as I thought I was. And, um, And she would just sort of leave it out for me at that point. And I would take it every time. And I think I just, I loved just the fascination of like changing appearances, but still being the same and having fun with, you know, colors and things like that was
0: very exciting. So that was your first sort of an introduction to makeup. Absolutely. The makeup world. Mm -hmm. I see. Oh, so interesting. Yeah. And then I know that, you know, after school, you worked in construction management. Yes. <laughs> before entering into the a beauty industry, different. right? Just slightly different. Right? So can you tell us about the transition?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I kind of knew a little about the construction world growing up. My mom had a boyfriend for about eight or 10 years who worked in that industry. And I would sometimes work there in the summers um, and go to his office a lot and see that sort of part of the industry. And I think through that... Uh, I really find it fascinating um building and putting things together, and what it takes to do all of that is incredible um, so when I met my now husband then boyfriend, um, he had always done that as well he His father was a timber framer, his father still is he still does you know a lot of historic restoration and renovation um, and he put himself my husband went to Columbia and he put himself through college by bartending and also by doing like odd construction jobs around the city um and after we started dating after my mother passed away it was sort of like a what are we doing like let's just move I inherited a house upstate let's just like move up there and start this contracting company like what else are we doing right now you know Mm -hmm. there's you're working at that point it was working construction for somebody else and it just made more sense to jump in with you know both feet
0: Wow, and how was that or like? Or it's a very male-dominated <laughs> industry, right?
1: It is. Um, I loved it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I um, there's nothing more fun than like challenging someone who doesn't think you can do something, and not only showing that you can do it, but showing that you can do it better. So I see that was always fun.
0: Um, so you're like negatively motivated. If that's even a word, like if someone says you can't do something that makes you want to prove that you can,
1: I mean, to an extent, like who yeah. doesn't like to have <laughs> that moment of like, right. Oh, you look really silly now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but, um, I think it's more just, you know, I, I, especially in such a male dominated industry, I was certainly looked upon as someone who, um, was incapable of doing everything that I did. Um, right. so it was, you know, I think as a woman, sometimes you have to prove yourself more anyway. And in that field, you have to prove yourself a hundred times more of anyway. Course. So, uh, it was a lot of, a lot of fighting, yeah, a lot of proving yourself, but then also the normal construction world, which is just, you know, arguing and putting fires out and, um, you know, logistic things and things like that. So I loved it. Yeah. It was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. And then How
1: did the jump come about? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think I always wanted to do something in the makeup world, in the beauty industry. Um, I think that there's a weird stigma attached Mm -hmm. to doing makeup or doing hair. It's a very sort of um, like the generation prior, the few generations prior, um, all sort of see it as, you know, a high school, college dropout type of thing where people then, as a last resort, have to do hair, have to do makeup. And it's couldn't be, and it couldn't be further from the truth. Right. Um, so I think that when I would talk about it with my mother, I think that she maybe saw it that way. Um, I see. And wasn't, even though she was pretty much supportive of everything, she, it wasn't, you could tell that was not something that she was like, she wanted to see her daughter Got do. It. Right. Um, so I never pursued it. And then when I, closed my contracting company because I had gotten pregnant and I really did not want to bring my child or my daughter into that high of a stress environment. Um, I stayed home with her for a little bit and then I decided that I was going to do makeup because it gives me flexibility. It makes me happy to do. And, um, I really wanted to generate something that my daughter would see me do and do well and be happy doing, because I think it's so important that kids are able to see their parents love what they do
0: Absolutely, and be happy about what they're doing. So important. Yeah, that's right. Definitely. And, but given that like your mom wasn't necessarily encouraging of you pursuing this and, you know, the societal perspective of what kind of people would pursue this, what made you still want to
1: do it? I don't think I ever, I mean, I obviously cared what my mother thought, but I don't think I've ever really cared about what society thinks necessarily. I mean, yeah, you do to some extent. I think you don't have a choice, whether it's things like what you're picking out to wear or, you know, what, where you're going to go and do something. But, um, as far as what I want to do, I am not someone that's good at sort of lying to myself and saying that, uh, I'll be happy doing this when I really won't just cause it'll please other people. I see. Um, so, and I think, um, it took me a while to understand that my mom would be proud of me doing this. Ah. Um, because I, it, it was a tough decision of course. to make because of that and of building a successful business. I, th- I mean, all you really want t- to see is like your child be successful and happy. Yeah, right. So I think in that, she would have been fine with
0: it, right? Yeah. Right. I know that you always worked for yourself mm-hmm. and never had a job <laughs> where you worked for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Was this is very unique? Um, <laughs> was this an intentional decision? Um, I
1: don't think so. Mm-hmm. No, I think that I've always been business minded. I really can't think of anything without thinking of it as a business. I see. Um, so when I finished. I went to a short course for makeup and right off the bat, I was like, Oh, okay. Um, I need to make this into a business and I need to have artists that will freelance with me and for me. And, um, I am not just going to do like within days of graduating. I Was I an LLC at that point or corporate either way? I had my business done and I was ready to like move forward before you even finish school. Yeah, I mean, maybe it was right after, but certainly Mm -hmm. before I had any clients that would pay me money to, you know, give me justification for having a business. (laughs) Right.
0: So, how did you start your company, Brush, Beauty, Makeup, and Hair Artistry? Like, how did you know what to do? How did you get your first client? Because clearly you're new to this, right? 100% new Uh to it. Um, First, I think that
1: you have to sort of push all your pride aside and i don't think it matters i think it's really important that people f- i hear all the time like oh i'm too old to start something new or um it's a common I'm, one it's a oh, it's it's the most common one i mm-hmm. think or like um i think that is probably the main one yeah. but you know it's and and with age though i wasn't that old when i did this but with age comes experience so being able to be like okay i actually have no experience in this and i can't necessarily you can have pride in what you do but i can't be too prideful to like work for free. Right. To, um, assist to do things like that. You kind of have to like be really humble and say, I don't know what I'm doing at all. Right. So I need to exactly what I said, work for free and assist and reach out to everybody. I would sit at home and email like six hours a day. Oh my gosh. You know, who was um, your email photographers. Um, other makeup artists, hair people, uh, PR companies, you just like randomly find them, find their emails on the website. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I would either Google or there are a few, uh, resources, some books out there that you can find. Um, and I would just email everyone and just say, I would even just sit there and watch you work, or I'm happy to wash your brushes. Or are you shooting? You're a new photographer as well. I'd love to. You know, we can. It's called TFP. It's Trait for Print, where everyone works together, mm-hmm. and you. The outcome is that everyone gets images for their portfolio. Oh, so, I see. I see. Yeah. So you know, we do things like that, um, and it would. And you just really have to like hustle and work your butt off, and just you know, figure out where you want to be and what you want to do, and just go.
0: So, how many emails would you send out per day, and what would you say? Um I would
1: <laughs> I would write one sort of mainframe email, some, one template, and then I would um sort of personalize it to each person a little bit. So I would go to their website, I would check out their work, and I would obviously change the name, right? Um and then I would be like, "Oh, and I love, you know, this work that you did A because it's true and B because you have to, you know, you have to stroke somebody's ego to try to like have them work with you. Of course. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I would just say, you know, I really love your work. I would love to work with you. Or, um, if you have anything coming up that you need a makeup artist or a hairstylist for, I would, you know, love to be part of that. Um, if you have any clients, Oh, and I also emailed and I'm never someone who ever asks for help for anything. I emailed every friend, acquaintance, like mass mail, like I'm surprised Google didn't like shut down my account (laughs) because the amount of emails I was sending out in mass were just, you know, asking people if anyone had any, like if their roommates, roommate from college's sisters, you know, best friend's uncle, like possibly was a producer or anything like that. Really trying to like spark thinking from them of who they might know that they could put me in touch with. And then... Following up and being, you know, and if they do connect you with someone, making sure you like write them an email or a handwritten note or something like that because you have, you know, you're very
0: appreciative at that point. Of and, like, course. I think going the extra mile uh,
1: even after people help so you.
0: You would send out, you know, a lot of emails. And how many emails did you send out and how many would you, like, how many responses did you get? Oh my gosh. Um, I can't tell you how many emails I sent out. <laughs> On average? Like,
1: I mean, in the, probably I've sent out more than five or 10,000 emails, oh I God. mean, in the last, you wow. know, 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. When I tell you I was sending like a couple hundred a day.
0: Wow. That's amazing. I would
1: literally just sit there and like, okay, you know, copy, paste, change this, look at their things. Okay. Send copy, paste, change this, look at, you know, their work, um, see what they have going on. Send. Um, you can get a bunch out that way. Yeah. <laughs> Getting back, I mean, for every 100, every 200, maybe I'd get two to four emails back. But that's all you
0: need. But that didn't discourage you?
1: No, I got really excited by the two or four emails. (laughs) Like, that's really all you need in your life is, like, what would I have done if they had all wrote me back? I would have been overwhelmed and totally would not have been prepared or capable of doing this. Mm -hmm. Um, And I set my sights really high on some people, which... I wouldn't have emailed me back either (laughs) or people would email me back and be like, thank you so much. Um, we're not interested right now. So on and so forth. And like, I was just like, they wrote me back. Yeah. (laughs) You know, yeah. I was
0: psyched when my mailbox had another email in it. So, so you hustled and weren't afraid or cared too much about rejections. No, not
1: at all. Um, you just, you can't focus on that. Right. You really can't. I mean, if you consistently focus on the rejections you get, it's going to just take over your, 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 the way you think about everything. Yeah. Um, so it's important to really hold on to what is positive and what will move you forward.
0: Exactly. It's exactly what you need to start something new for the first time yeah. to become an entrepreneur. Right. Right. A hundred percent. Like what right did I
1: have to email have these? It doesn't matter. Like, yeah. that's the thing. I feel like people, when people have asked me, Oh my gosh, how did you even do that? Or how did you, you're so lucky. Like, number one, luck doesn't have anything to do with it. Let's right. get it very, let's be very clear. Mm-hmm. Like, work and hustle is how you get quote unquote lucky to other people. Exactly. Um, number two, you just like, you have to put it all out there and you have to ask. And I think people forget that. Exactly. Like, how could you possibly have worked with that person? Oh, it was really easy. I wrote an email or I called them. Right, you just ask. Period. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and they said yes. Yeah. And sometimes they said no. Yeah. But like, you asked. There's mm-hmm. like no one's going to fault you for that.
0: Right. right. You know. Yeah. Don't be
1: annoying. Don't ask over and over and over and over and over again if right. they keep saying you know no or maybe do. Maybe that'll work too.
0: So tell us about. Uh, brush beauty makeup and hair artistry? Like what kind of services does it provide? What kind of clients do you have? So we,
1: um, we do hair and makeup for anyone. We also have some nail technicians on the freelance team. Um, we do a lot of TV work. We do a lot of commercial print work, um, some TV commercial stuff as well, but mostly, Uh, We have contracts with like NBC. I'm the one of the top artists for a few different clothing brands. Amazing. So yeah, it's been
0: fantastic.
1: And how did you
0: like do that? How did you get those clients? Networking
1: and um, being really true to yourself. Like don't, if you can't do something, don't say you can do it. Like the whole fake it till you make it mentality is fine to an extent unless it's going to make you look really terrible when you're on set. I've been on set with people and I, you're, you just look at them like the, you're, you're probably not going to work ever again. Like you can't be on a set like this and say that you can do things when you can't. So I think being true to your word, being professional, being responsible, um, emailing people back,
0: <laughs> you yeah. know,
1: saying that I get so many emails from people that are like, I, I, you got back to me so quickly. Thank you. I'm like, how, what? People who get back to you, oh, sometimes two or three days. I'm like, oh, well, that's why I'm working and and they're not, right, you know, exactly. because yeah. you have to, you really have to be on top of things like yeah, that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. So I'm sure in your journey to get to where you're now, there were there must have been some difficult times or struggles that you had to overcome. When was the most difficult time for you? Um, Probably when my mom got
1: sick. I was 23 when she got sick um ben who's my husband now and i were living in florida and we were like sort of talking about coming back to new york anyhow um and she called me and she said that she had been diagnosed with lung cancer oh my and we were just like uh, oh you know like everything in your life sort of stops and changes especially at such a young age That's um so we decided to move back that being a good chunk of the reason uh, we moved in with her, and she was still going to work. She was going through chemo and radiation, and all of those things. And I went to school in New York for a while, and was uh, just like working here and there. Um, and then she got really sick, and she was in home hospice. So she was in my the home I grew up in. Um, ben and I were living in the room I grew up in, and my mom was in her room, and. She had a tumor, the reason that we did that, she had a tumor on her spine. So she, I mean, lung cancer metastasized to, like, her bone and her brain, but it was on her spine, so she couldn't even get out of bed. So I became her primary caregiver. We had a, um, we had a nurse that came, like, four to six hours a day, which was great, but also kind of useless, because by the time, like, you get out of the house, and then, you know, you do, you have maybe three or four hours, what do you what does a person do with three or four hours, you know? Um, and our roles really switched. I sort of became the parent and she was the child, you know, doing everything from like changing your mom's diapers, which is, you know, whoever thinks that that's going to be something they have to do. Um, in your twenties, in your twenties. Absolutely. Um, to like, uh, administering medicine and shots and, you know, uh, all of those things Um, bringing your mom food, you know, you're really parenting and it was definitely the most like bittersweet couple of months of my life because you know, you can figure out the bitter part. Um, But you're also spending all this like time, this like very special one-on-one time with your parent or with whomever you're caretaking. So, um, you know, seeing someone deteriorate in front of your eyes is never an easy thing, especially like she was my best friend. Right. Um, and Ben was still there and Ben was working an insane job where like 16 hours a day in the winter working on a roof in the Hamptons, like oh my gosh. miserable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the commute was terrible. He was freezing and then he'd come home and he'd like come in and like read to my mom or like, oh my like God, he'd be so like, do sweet. me a favor, babe. And like, go out for a minute, like go get your nails done, go have a drink with a friend, like get out of the house. And he would, you know, sit and hang out with her and do stuff like that. That's so amazing. like, it's amazing. Um, so I think that was probably, and then when she passed, uh, you know, the, the nurse was like, okay, she fell into a coma and the nurse was like, whatever you do, don't feed her for the next two weeks. Oh. And you're like, what? Like, how do you not? Oh, Okay. I mean, she couldn't have eaten, but like just trying to like mentally prepare yourself for having someone in the next room. Right. And luckily, I don't, I don't know if that's the correct word. Um, she passed the next day. So it was like, okay, (laughs) like, okay. Um, so yeah, I, I would probably say that was the most difficult thing I've Um, ever been through a hundred percent. Um, but from that, I think I learned a lot of things. I think I learned a lot of things about quality of life. Mm -hmm. Um, from that, I remember saying when I spoke at her funeral, I, I just felt so lucky to have had her as my mom for all those years. Yeah. I think there are a lot of people who, and, and rightly so, you know, part of the grieving process, you get angry and you get very mad and it's a whole like, woe is me sort of thing. And, um, I, I didn't go through that at that point. I was, obviously exceptionally sad of course um but I was also like how cool is it that she was my mom and I wanted to bring to light all the things that she taught me and did with me that were positive parts of who I was as opposed to like sinking into a hole of something else
0: yeah exactly which I
1: get like don't get me wrong I have friends who've gone through it and like if that's how you have to process something as long as I feel like after that process you're able to sort of realize what that person was able to give to you
0: yeah. and sort of go from yeah, from there. So how did the passing of your mother influence how you live your life and run your business? I think a lot of it
1: is the, why wouldn't you just email them mentality, ah, <laughs> you know, just it. sort of asking for it. Like what else are you going to do? Um, right. I think that I am optimistic about most things and if something goes wrong, um, it's not that big of a deal. It's, you know, you have the people that you love, you have the people that love you. Um, and you know, you're going to hopefully wake up tomorrow and try again or do something again. Or, you know, it's, uh, you really reevaluate every situation or I did in my life. Um, after she passed, I see. you know, there were toxic people, there were toxic friends. And I was like, "Eh, no, this is, your anything that pulls like really bad energy from me yeah. or that takes something like that from me. I, I sort of try to push it out of my life because yeah. it's not helping you. Yeah. It's not helping you be a better person or do well for you and the people that like love you and you love. So,
0: right. Sounds like it really gave you a different
1: perspective about life. Definitely. I, yeah. I think it just gave me a perspective, you know, right, right. being 24, like Yeah. What did I do before then besides go to bars (laughs) and like, you know, hang out and I I did. I used to box and things like like I had very setting uh things that I loved that I did, but I didn't get that, you know. So I think that um having something so detrimental happen to you at such a young age, you're like, Oh crap, okay. this is you know this is real and like everything else doesn't necessarily matter.
0: Right. So And then did this experience kind of motivate you to launch your company? Um, I launched my company. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. I think it was a little
1: bit of a split. It was a half let's let me um, distract myself, (laughs) you know, and like let me jump because we were also planning our wedding. Uh, Ben had made sure he proposed to me while my mom was still alive. Of course. So we were like wedding, um, wedding prep. Oh, and let's start a new company too. Let's wow. like That's throw everything on my plate I possibly can to sort of like not try to focus on everything, which is good and bad, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, but yeah, I think it definitely sparks something. Like what else are you going to do? Right. Like you're not happy working for the people you're working for. They're right. terrible people. <laughs> like right, right. let's go do something for mm-hmm.
0: us. Yeah. So from the moment that you launch your company to – where you are now, I'm sure the journey wasn't a smooth one. So what are some of the failures or struggles or obstacles that you had to overcome to get to where you're now? I think knowing that you're
1: not the right fit for every person Uh, and that it doesn't necessarily have to do with you. That's very important. (laughs) It's very important. Um, and listen, also maybe you did something wrong. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to really look inside yourself as well. But I think realizing that just like you're not going to be friends with everybody, you know, you're not going to please every client. They just might not like the shirt you wore or the way you look this way or their eye is so different than yours or the communication, how you would usually communicate with somebody isn't how they would or, you know, so on and so forth. There's a million different things that that could have been a reason that that you and a client didn't match well. Um, and I think that's really important to realize and be like, that doesn't mean that it's all like getting flushed out. Like just find another client, work hard and and meet new people and see where you really fall in well.
0: Right. And that must be sort of unique to what you do because, um, unlike other people who have like corporate jobs Mm -hmm. where they're, interacting with mostly the same people, whereas you have to be constantly interacting with new people all the time. Yep. So, all the time. <laughs> how, so how do you deal with like really difficult people, especially because they're your clients, right? It's it really, I think that really goes back to the whole, like my mom thing.
1: Um, they're just, they're just people. They don't have that much of an impact on my life. They really don't. Um, I will make, I will be so respectful and, Calm and you know, uh, not let them get to me by any means, and just sort of realize. And and I do, I do like countdowns in my head. So I'm like, okay, in 12 hours, I'm gonna be sitting on the couch with my kid and like my husband. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. like. So the rest of this day is might be hard, and you might need to like tell yourself to be quiet, mm. <laughs> and not say anything, or you know, why don't you try to learn things that like will make your client happy. Mm. And otherwise like this is not going to, to really define anything about you. It's, Ah, it's, it's it's work. Right. 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 I mean, I love it, but when it comes down to it, like it's not the most important
0: thing for certain. Yeah. So even though working in this beauty industry and starting a company was what you wanted to do, in order to make that work, there are some aspects to that that you do not enjoy or like, but you do have to put up with it and just just work around it. Absolutely. Yeah. And the other thing is you never
1: know who someone else knows. so like That is very important. That's I've very seen, true. Yeah. I've seen artists, like, lose it on clients before. And you don't know who anyone else in that room is. Also, like, get it together. Right, <laughs> you right. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, stop. But, like... It, that's an ego thing, yeah. I think. And you can't have an ego in this industry or really in any industry, you know? Right,
0: right, right. Got to let that... You have to... <laughs> yeah, you got to you
1: gotta let that slide. Yeah, like, yeah. it's not that important. Yeah. You're just going to make yourself look terrible.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so you also launched your skincare line, uh, I think, uh, this past April. Yes, uh, on Earth Day. Yeah,
1: tell us about that. Um, it's an all-natural uh, organic skincare line. So... Um, Things like – and I always like to tell people this um, – things like beeswax and things like that technically aren't allowed to be organic mm-hmm. because you don't know where bees pollinate. and You don't know – so, like, that's what I mean when I say when it can be. <laughs> I see. Um, but, yeah, we use the very best ingredients for everything. Um, I think it's so important. I don't think people realize that what they – put on their skin is absorbed into their body
0: right we don't really think that Mm -hmm. way Mm -hmm.
1: not at all um and when i talk to people about it they're like oh i'm just putting it on my face like i'm not eating it and i always go back to like well how do you think the nicotine patch works Mm. you put that on your arm and the nicotine gets absorbed in your skin that is true it's the exact same concept except your face skin is a lot thinner (laughs) and it gets (laughs) absorbed a lot more easily you know right um so for me and for my family and for my clients and for my friends, it was really important to put something out there that would benefit them and not harm them because it drives me insane with all. And and of course I use some things on my skin still that I try to do everything organic and all natural, but it's really, it's difficult sometimes. Um, So if I can at least ease up that little bit and give them something that looks good and feels good and smells good and, is good for you. Mm-hmm. That's sort of where the inspiration to, uh, start that line came
0: from. <laughs> wow. That is yeah.
1: so cool. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. I love it. And I love everything we're making. Like, yeah.
0: You know, how did you know how to make, um, you know, a skincare product?
1: I've been sort of DIYing a lot of things for a few years mm-hmm. just for myself. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of research, <laughs> a lot of research in the different, uh, ingredients and oils and then just a lot of uh trial and error of you know trying different formulas and trying different things so and you literally
0: like have in your kitchen
1: like like my, we do okay. things We're like <laughs> yeah we have like a meth den in my house like if you look in the window there's like you know cookers and huge gallons of things and I'm like I'm gonna get arrested for making lip balm like it's, this is not gonna be pretty um so yeah we just have you know, a a quarantined off room that if you walk in there, you better not have any food or (laughs) drink and your
0: hands better be washed. And then you can, you know, make some stuff. Wow. So, yeah. So you just, like, say, I'm going to do this and then just go and, like, do it. Yeah. I don't understand
1: how to not do that once... I have a lot of bad ideas, too, Mm -hmm. that don't come to fruition. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, we should do this and that. And then they'll die down in, like, a week or two.
0: Mm. Oh, so, like, you... We'll have all these ideas, and what do you do with them? Do you write them down? Do you keep a diary? No, or do I mean, you have a list? the ones that I really feel passionately
1: about, I'll write some notes down. Got but it. I yeah. kind of feel like if they die off in my head, then they weren't that great or they weren't that important I see. to begin with. I see, <laughs> so, I see. yeah, that's sort of where that goes with that. Um, but yeah, no, for other things, I sort of just say I'm going to do it and do it. Like, why not?
0: Yeah where do you think that motivation and then also the ability to execute on your idea where do you think that comes from was that something you learned growing up I really don't know Mm -hmm. um maybe I think that
1: I think it came from just getting tired of not trying to do things I see and and regretting not doing things and that's that feeling sucks yeah you know and yeah. every I don't can't imagine one person in the entire world who hasn't felt that where of you're course. like oh man I really wish I did that um and I don't I don't want to be that person anymore you know I if there's something I want to do
0: yeah
1: I'm gonna try to do it like yeah. no one says you have to be good at one thing like you can be good at a hundred things and yeah you know really Try it. I mean, it's probably smart to focus on two or three, <laughs> but like <laughs> right. you don't need to just do one thing.
0: And that is a thing. I feel like the society kind of favors people who, you know, just pick one industry and just do it for like 30 years. Otherwise, you're seen as this like not a very stable person, right. you know. Well, if you're unsuccessful, you're not stable. Right. The second, the second
1: you are making money from it, all of a sudden, right? Like, oh, you do so many things. That's so great. Like, <laughs> but you're the one that told me like a few years ago that it's so silly that I jump from things. that, you know what right, I mean? Exactly, like, exactly. So you really, you're always going to have people that tell you what you're doing is wrong and question it or say it with a tone in their voice that you're going to take as negative or how, you know, mm-hmm. uh, as putting you down and you really have to sort of follow what you think is right for you because they're not living your life. Exactly. They're like, you know, and most likely they're just, a lot of people are jealous. Like, yeah, they, the people who, and listen, it is very respectable to have a job for 30 years, Mm -hmm. like desk job, anything you want to do. Like, I just really hope you love it Mm -hmm. because that sucks. That's a lot of time. It's a lot of time to sit and like, you're there more hours than you are with your family. Of course. So to spend that many hours on something that you don't enjoy, yeah. that,
0: that's, I,
1: that's, that's, that's a, mind-boggling to me. I right. cannot imagine doing that.
0: Right, right. So, you know, there are people who probably have said not so encouraging things about the path that you're pursuing and this new thing. And I'm sure at some point that may get to you. And you, you know, like all of us, you probably have this inner voice in your head you know, inner critic says, oh, like, why are you doing this? Are you sure about this? Can you really do this? Mm -hmm. Like, how do you deal with that? I think I'm my own worst critic,
1: which is the biggest problem. Of course, (laughs) everybody is, right? Um, Absolutely. So first, I think, like, find your tribe, like, find a group of people that are supportive of you. Mm -hmm. And if it's not your family, that's cool. Like, if they're if it's not your friends, like, hey, maybe find some new friends, because your friends should, unless you're going to hurt yourself or hurt someone else, like right. your friend should support you exactly. <laughs> period, especially if it's something you're super passionate about. Right. So I think that, um, finding your people that will be there for you and support you. And even if you take a nosedive, like you have to do it. Um, yeah. but yeah, no, I think I'm, I think I've definitely had days where I've called my husband and been like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm closing up shop. Forget it. And I just you know I just need to have my little tantrum for ten minutes, get yeah. it out of my system, be able to say it out loud, and then get back up and be like, "All right, shut up, and like get back into it, you know, do it again, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah,
0: so you know, acknowledge that the voice is there, and then yes, have a moment or two to like kind of let it all out, but then just go back and do it again, right, right. and know? be scared, yeah, like this
1: That's skincare okay, right? business scares the crap out of me. Like, yeah. but I'm not going to not do it because of that. Like, right. I feel like if you're scared of something, it's a hundred times more important that you
0: do it. Right. Oh, why? why do you say that?
1: Because if you're going to live your entire life, not being scared of doing anything, then you're probably not pushing yourself.
0: Exactly. Yeah. yeah you're probably exactly. just sort of
1: living. And if you're comfortable with that, cool. Yeah. For me personally, I'm not comfortable with that.
0: Right. Right. I
1: want to, be a little nervous about what's around the next bend. Mm -hmm. As long as I know that I can still help support myself and my family.
0: Yeah. One of, I guess like my life philosophy is like whenever I'm experiencing some kind of rejection or failure struggle, I always remind myself that's an evidence that I am actually challenging myself and doing something and trying something because if I'm not, there's no reason for me to get rejected. No, right. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah.
1: And you have to keep pushing yeah. because you're
0: getting better. That means exactly. right? that's like, how we grow. Yeah, right? Exactly. So on top of all the things that you do, you're also a fitness coach and you also started <laughs> a website called the fit journey a few years ago, which was yes. like written up in the New York times and sheet magazines and a few other media outlets. Mm-hmm. So how did you decide to start this? Um, I'd always been an athlete my whole life. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I'd put on a lot of weight, um, like a lot, a lot. And I was being really intimidated to go back. Yeah. Um, I really wanted to cause I was, I've always been at my happiest when I am consistently working out and getting stronger and things like that. So I, um, I realized what I was doing mm-hmm. and I realized that like, number one, I feel, I feel really crappy every day because a, am not being healthy and working out and b. I am allowing myself to be scared out of something I want to do. And those two feelings together are terrible. Um, So I started going to the gym again, um, actually. And then I started going to flywheel. Oh yeah. A cycling studio. And I decided to, you know, like everybody else start a blog (laughs) Mm -hmm. because why not? But in true Julia form, I was like, no, it can't just be a blog. It has to be a full website that Mm -hmm. like, you know, has other people working on it with me and, uh, really helps people. So the entire point of my blog wasn't to be like, Hey guys, I'm working out. It was the entire sort of reason for the website was to get people who are either just starting to work out for the first time or people getting back into it and showing like, it doesn't need to be that scary. Right. We would do videos on like how to set up a spin bike. Or how did you use this machine at the gym so that, cause that's the scariest thing.
0: Yeah,
1: It's not the actual act of working out. It's mm-hmm. looking, I mean, for me, I was like, I don't want to look like the overweight idiot in the corner, like trying to figure out this machine.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But the truth is like, you're the only one that sees yourself that way.
0: Exactly. <laughs> like nobody cares. They're all focused. Oh my God. They're all like thinking about how other people think about thinking about them. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> or they're like, Hey, I'm, I'm working out or, you know, they could like they could care less about you. Right. And I think that, that that's like a, a funny sort of thing you need to realize. Like mm-hmm. no one gives any, you know, they yeah. don't care. they yeah, okay, care. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we had this website and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still there. It's been on hiatus a little bit mm-hmm. and I would love to get back into it. In fact, I would love to sort of mesh everything together.
0: Mm. Right. Cause if it it's into everything that you do,
1: right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm a health coach, um, which is great. And that sort of feeds into the skincare and the beauty. Mm-hmm. And, um, cause I don't do makeup to like change people's appearance. I, ideally you're just, you know, uh, just accentuating their natural, uh, I can't think of the word, natural beauty <laughs> but like or their or natural, natural beauty or, oh, you yeah. know, what they, you know, like if you have amazing eyes, let's like, let's have some fun with it and mm-hmm. stuff like that. It's not about like, changing you
0: yeah well now that we're on this topic i have to ask you for some beauty tips yeah definitely (laughs) are there any some tips you for makeup or hair that you can share with our listeners
1: absolutely Mm -hmm. um i think number one is take good care of your skin yeah how do we do that what does your skincare routine look like mine well first of all i drink so much water Ah. um i'm yeah so that's number one Mm -hmm. and it really helps um Number two is wash your face. Yeah. Uh, you Important, know, find but
0: not a lot of people not, not a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. I
1: mean, listen, there there are nights <laughs> I'll come home and I'm like in bed, and I don't. And that you know, we all have those yeah. nights. And yeah, that's fine. Make sure you do it the next morning. Right, <laughs> like, right. Um, and find a skincare routine. Tone your face. Find a skincare routine that really works for you. Um, And not everything's. And just because it doesn't work the first day, mm-hmm. like. Stick with it. Give it. Yeah. Give it a few weeks to yeah. try. You know, um, unless it's burning your skin, and then stop. <laughs> I see. Got it. Ah, so because it may take some time to get used to. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just it. It's not like hair. I feel like when you wash your hair with a new shampoo, mm-hmm. like you have the best hair day of your life. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not the same for like for skin. Yeah, your I skin see. takes more time yeah. to to adapt to something. Right. So I think that's number one. Um, I'm. I get hired personally for. Doing very natural skin, uh, very like beautiful natural makeup. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of where I think the most beauty lays. Like uh, lies, lays. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm a big, you know, uh, foundation or like a really light BB cream oh, or tinted moisturizer. Um, I'm a huge lover of a uh, cream blush because I think it sort of mm. adds that extra um, dewy sort of. Most like skin, it mm-hmm. really sits there nicely. Um,
0: and yeah, less is more, less is more. I see for me, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think, I think that is true, yeah, yeah. Are expensive brands really better than the less expensive brands? That's like the question that all girls have, yeah, you know? uh,
1: sometimes, 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 sometimes,
0: definitely, yeah.
1: And again, it's every person's like. You know, when I was studying, uh, health coaching, it's like bio individuality. So it's every person is different, whether it's like this diet works great for me, it's going to be terrible for you. Or this foundation is like everything on my skin. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Wait, you can like the Maybelline at the drugstore looks the same on you. So you really need to find what works best for you. Um, that being said, yeah, some of, some of the, uh, really expensive brands are incredible. Mm -hmm. I also really in my kit I use and I have some expensive mascaras, but I also have like the Maybelline mascara because it's incredible. Yeah, So it's really finding what works well for you. The cheaper brands Mm -hmm. aren't bad. You might not get, you know, the same longevity out of them. Unfortunately, a lot of the uh, all natural brands are really expensive. Yeah. Which right,
0: which is why you launched your own skincare line. Exactly. (laughs) Um,
1: yeah. And ours aren't, we're not trying to turn a insane profit here. You know, we're, (laughs) we're just trying to make good stuff, but yeah, Yeah. it depends on, on what works well for you. Definitely. Yeah.
0: That's great. So you have achieved so much and as we all know, nobody can, you know, achieve dreams alone or succeed alone. So who helped you to get to where you are now? Um, definitely my husband
1: and my daughter, even though she's only 10, <laughs> um, you know, I, I was sitting on the floor labeling cause we're doing, we're self-performing 90%, 95% of the brands. Um, and my daughter was in there labeling and I was just feeling a little frustrated. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was like, Oh, this is like such a, whatever I said. And she just came back at me with something like so inspirational. And I was mm-hmm. like, who, what, who are you? You know? And oh. I think that like support from my husband and my daughter have a hundred percent been
0: mm-hmm.
1: what, and she sees her mom doing things like this. Like yeah. she wants to start, um, you can't see it, but I'm wearing these mm-hmm. two rings. She like makes these rings.
0: Oh, your and, daughter like, made that ring for oh, they're, they're beautiful. beautiful. That is like, adorable. Like, they're amazing.
1: But like, she wants to start selling them and wow. you know, she wants slime. I don't know if you know about slime, but mm. slime is like, gross um <laughs> it's like the thing yeah. for kids right now they make yeah. slime like remember nickelodeon slime oh, yes, yeah it's says. terrible oh, wow. um, <laughs>
0: uh-huh.
1: but my basement's like a slime factory yeah but she wants to start a slime store so it's like cool to see what i'm doing sort of yeah. rub off on her yeah. um that's amazing but definitely and all my friends mo- like you know friends have been very supportive and excited mm-hmm. um so yeah, yeah definitely not doing it alone <laughs>
0: yeah and now that you talk about your daughter and how she learns from you, I think a lot of some of the struggles for a lot of women, you know, either working full time jobs or starting their own businesses, like they feel guilty, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, am I, you know, being a good mom and, right. and all those things. And it likes in the way that you're you have been you have inspired your daughter to be one day become an entrepreneur. Right. And already one. Um, I feel like you know, so like my mom too, like she's always worked and she wasn't around as much as some of my friends' moms were because she was just busy. But I think that was in the long run, a very good example because you could see like, yeah, like my mom worked and achieved, you know, this success outside of home and that will get you far. That will get your daughter far. Right.
1: And I tell her all the time, like find what you love and build your life around that. Yeah. Like, don't, don't do it any other way, Yeah, you know, because whatever you love, you can figure out a business or you can figure out a job that
0: mm-hmm.
1: works within that. So yeah. do that. Yeah. Don't, don't fall into something you don't enjoy and you mm-hmm. don't love.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So what inspires you? Like, cause you have a lot of creative ideas and you do a lot of things. Where does that inspiration come from?
1: I think the dream of, uh, giving, my daughter a good life inspires me a yeah, lot. Um, yeah. I think making my mom and like my 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 family really my dad and um, proud yeah. is something that definitely inspires me. Um, and I think just the the excitement I get from working mm. hard and right. like accomplishing something. I think we're also scared of being successful, oh. so like achieving that success is really. excuse me, is really scary, Mm -hmm. but like also really inspiring. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So what would be your words of advice for people who have the dreams to do something that they've never done like, like you have? Mm -hmm. Um, just do it. I mean, (laughs) uh, uh, you can talk yourself out of everything
1: you want to do so easily Yeah, and we all do it. And I hear all the time, Oh, like we talked about before. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm too old for that. And I'm talking like people in their like 20s and 30s saying this too, mm-hmm. let alone when, you know, I have a, I have a very good friend who's in her 50s and she's like, oh, I'm too old. And we were talking about it a few years ago. Yeah. And now here she is two or three years later, right? still with the same dream that right. if she would started when we talked about it the first time, yeah. she would have been two, two to three years into it. Exactly. And I think that thinking about where you want to be in a few years. Yeah. Look at all. I mean, there's so many successful people who started so late, quote unquote, their life, you know, like what they feel so passionate about later on in life. And like, who gives a crap? Yeah. It just really figure out what you need to do it. And the other thing is, Mm -hmm. and I'm learning that with this, is that you you don't need to do everything with all the bells and whistles, ah. you know, let it happen organically. Start small. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you want to start a makeup line mm-hmm. or you want to become a masseuse, like mm-hmm. you don't need to quit your job. Right. That you have right now. You yeah. can, you can, you know, get to the point that you want to get to slowly, but surely. And I think we're so impulsive these days and we want things to happen immediately. Right. Um, that it's it's hard to get into that mentality of like three years down the road five years down the road this is where i want to be
0: right because that three years will pass no matter what those three yeah those yeah. three years, you're gonna
1: you're gonna be three years older and yeah. you can either
0: be really happy
1: with where you are yeah or really mad you didn't start three years ago and yeah. feel stuck and when you're at that point guess what you can start then
0: yeah exactly
1: like just yeah. do it right there's you're the only thing stopping you again exactly You can find ways and I get not wanting to like put the money out or finance it and maybe, you know, you can't or you can't get a loan, but there there are small little things that you can do to sort of build your life Mm
0: -hmm. toward where you want it to be. So just because like you're not in a perfect position to start, which nobody really ever is Mm -mm. to start small, start a side project, start pursuing, start learning about things and just, just do it. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) Go for it, please. (laughs) So, um, we're coming to the end of Mm -hmm. our discussion. Um, so what is next for you? I have no idea. No, (laughs) um,
1: I, well, I'm working, Really hard on the skincare line. Mm-hmm. Um, we're coming out with you know new products all the time. We have face oils and toners coming out in a few weeks, mm-hmm. um, and really just focusing on getting that out there. And from like a very, um, from a very organic, I use that word all the time, from a very organic place because I don't feel like I don't like the feeling when I push things too much. Uh. Um, I like the feelings it has to happen at the right time for things right. to happen correct, right. for me. Um, so I think just growing it and building it. And I feel like I'm back at trying to get makeup clients again. Cause I'm back at my computer emailing all the beauty editors and all of the uh, stores and all this and all that. And really like, you know, going back to what I was doing six, seven, eight, nine years ago, I just see. like putting myself out there again and being mm. vulnerable and, you know, trying to but you're, you're coming from a place of passion and you're coming from a, a place of like well-being and I yeah. think that 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 makes it okay
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: and, and being patient yeah <laughs>
0: being I'm not patient. good at that but yeah. I'm
1: really trying <laughs> yeah yeah
0: that's important
1: right? yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> so yeah just getting the skincare line out mm-hmm. there yeah
0: so where can people find you um they
1: can find me uh my websites are brushbeauty.com and from there, you can get to the uh, skincare website, mm-hmm. or you can go to b three like mm-hmm. the uh b three bomb so no then a number not spelled out b three bomb b a l m not mm-hmm. like the ticking bomb I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh so you can get it there yeah. as well yeah. and then I have hundred and forty two Instagram handles it feels like wow. no I have I have three I have uh, Julia Dalton brush, mm-hmm. which is just my name, and that's my Instagram and then I have b three bomb and Brush Beauty Artistry. So mm-hmm. come check me out. Yeah. Say hi. Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> Let me see what you're doing. <laughs> I want to be inspired by everybody else listening. Oh, that is so cool. Yeah. Well, thank you, Julia, for oh, this, this conversation. This was so much fun. Yeah. I'm sure our listeners are inspired and have oh, learned a lot so, from you. So <laughs> this thank has you. been amazing. Thank you for doing yeah. this. Yeah, it's very cool. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for being here and sharing your stories with us. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed the conversation, I would be really grateful if you can subscribe and write a review for the podcast. It really helps me to spread the word. If you have any comments or questions, I would love to hear from you. You can go to selinalee.co, that is C E L I N A L E E.co, and leave me a message there. So thank you again, and I'll be back soon with another episode.